down, you guys. Shuffle up your deck. Loosen up your thumbs. This is Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. What's up, dudes? Welcome to Hyper Tubular Powered Gaming. I don't know. <laughs> Gnarly, dude. <laughs> I haven't eaten today, and I am knee deep in a blood sugar situation here, so it's gonna be a weird one. But hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, guys. Hi. How's everyone doing? I can't hear you. Did you know that's how radio works? Anyway, um, <laughs> we're here to talk to you about a video game, which yeah. is crazy. I was thinking about it, and I was like, when's the last time we did a powered gaming? And I think it was Miles Morales, right? I don't think we've done a powered mm. gaming since then. It's been a while. I think we did one board game since Miles. Did we? Was the initiative after I think Miles? The, I think the initiative was after Miles. It's been a while. This is the first video game we've had since Miles, though. Yeah, that's for sure. So we are going to talk to you about uh, Marvel's The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. That's how you have to refer to it, because good lord, don't just try Googling Guardians of the Galaxy to find out about this game, because did you know there's movies? <laughs> and, and comics? comics? Weird. Um, <laughs> it's almost like, that's why we're talking about it or something. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a game put out by Eidos Montreal, so by extension Square Enix. We all know that Square Enix is very good at making Marvel games. Pause for laughter. Uh, that hurt my inside part. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are curious of what we're talking about, go check out the Avengers episode we did. Oh, yeah, that one probably happened after. Did that one happen no, after No, that Miles? was a long time ago. Oh, really? I think that was before Miles. Was it? I think so. I don't remember things. It's not a very positive and uplifting <clears throat> episode. No, um, it's not great. Share it with your enemies. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Guardians in the Galaxy by Eidos Montreal. This game uh, is a single player uh, on rails adventure experience where the player takes on the role of Star-Lord. Uh, you, we are going into the Guardians as they're kind of freshly formed, so everyone's still kind of getting used to each other as a team, and the game opens with them having an idea for a, uh, quick and easy job of hunting down a monster in order to sell it to Lady Hellbender. To do so, they enter into an area called the Quarantine Zone. Uh, which is an area where a big battle took place during a war that is referenced many times throughout the story. Uh, and according to Star-Lord's contact that he made through salacious means, uh, they are going to find a monster there, which they can sell to Lady Hellbender, who is a newish character who I'm very excited to see being involved in things. And we'll get into that when I talk more about the game later, uh, and not just the plot synopsis. Uh, <laughs> and sell it to her and make money. And everyone's going to be happy. If you know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy stuff, either from the movies or from the comics, it doesn't go as planned. They nope. <laughs> run abreast of Nova Corps. Uh, throughout this game, we see various galactic factions like Nova Corps. Uh, we hear about the Ravagers. We see Hellbender and her army. We see the Chitari uh, and the Universal Church of Truth. And Cosmo. And Cosmo, 
Yeah, and we go to nowhere, which is nice. So it's a great kind of galaxy-spanning uh, game for a lot of people who are fans of the Cosmic Marvel side. Uh, and we get thrust into this kind of deep, rich story that of all these different webs and knots that kind of like tie out and tie in. It's very fiasco-heavy of like, we had this idea, and oh no, it went wrong. And then, you know, this kind of compounds and we're in deeper trouble than we originally were. So it feels very Guardians and very, uh, you know, kind of crime comedy movie. Uh, the team is made up of the normal Guardians, the ones we've come to expect these days of Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, uh, Groot, and Cammy the Llama, everyone's favorite long-running character. <laughs> uh, and like T said, we do meet Cosmo, we meet Mantis, uh, there's some other surprise characters that I won't get into uh, mm -hmm. along the way. Uh, so there's a big, you know, rich kind of pull of characters in this that you can uh if you're into cosmic marvel stuff or marvel in general that you can be excited to see uh and the story itself like i said progresses kind of through these different missions as the guardians get deeper and deeper into this trouble that they found themselves into so let's start with the positives yes t what are your pros what are your what did you like about this game things i liked about this game Thing one, I really appreciated that they took some inspiration from the movies, but didn't overutilize the movies. So what I mean by that is that some of the characters feel similar to their movie adaptations mm -hmm. that have been very well you know, received, but they took liberties on other characters to make them more individualized for the game. So, for instance, the Gamora we get in this game is very different than the Gamora we have in the MCU. I think Star-Lord is a little bit different and a little bit tweaked to be not just, you know, Chris. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. Um, but Pratt, Rocket, not me. Yes, yes, correct. The bad Chris. The, the lowest ranked Not everyone's Chris. favorite Chris. Lowest ranked Chris. Chris Evans. I'm somewhere in the middle. Low in the middle. But <laughs> not super low. It's you're, you're competing with Evans and Hemsworth. What do you expect? They even have better last names than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> you were, you were thrown into a losing battle. <laughs> <laughs> I was born this way. Anyway, um, Rocket and Groot feel very similar to their adaptations in the movies, but I, I think they did a nice job making the characters a little more fleshed, a little more individualized. Um, it was nice because, you know, in my opinion, in the movies, I thought, you know, Bradley Cooper and um, Batista did really good jobs of kind of elevating the characters, mm -hmm. whereas... I don't think they do a poor job, but I think um, the representation of Gamora and and Peter Quill in the movies was more based on who was playing them and their kind of clout. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I thought it was nice to kind of walk away from that a little bit for the game. Yeah. So those are good things. Same with, I like the representation of Mantis in this one. Mm -hmm. um, I think the introduction of Lady Hellbender is awesome. Um, 
we finally get some real Cosmo time and there's baby Cosmo puppies (laughs) and it's the best. You know, it's just nice to see them introducing characters that matter and are cool and are a little bit maybe too weird to lean on too heavy in an MCU scenario. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Um, And to, you know, just to pigeon, pigeon, just to trampoline off of that. I don't know what word I'm going for. Just to segue. um, (laughs) This is going to be a rough one. Um, Pigeon. I'm going to pigeon off that real quick. I don't don't know. The, The... the nice thing about like the best the best thing this game has going for it is honestly the story the the narrative that they've set aside because it exists in a world that's very much its own to this game. Uh, one thing they do really really early on that I appreciate is they've killed off Thanos. Thanos is not going to be a part of this. I love that. He not I love, <laughs> I love that we're gonna get a cosmic story with no Thanos. Thanos is not happening. Do not expect Thanos. He gone. In this thing. And I, I I think that's a great launching point. And that in and of itself is kind of a microcosmic look at how different, but the same they've made this. Yes. You know, we see characters that we know from both the comics and the movies, but they've kind of tweaked them and made them their own thing to some extent. Uh, and even just in the core guardians, uh, some of the best representations of the char- these characters, in my opinion. I like, agree. I love the movies. I do love the team in the movies, and I do love the actors that are portraying these characters. But, you know, I, I think it's especially shown in Drax. Drax in the comics, very tough, kind of semi-quiet, like, just broody character mm-hmm. for the most part. Bautista came in, and James Gunn came in, and they made him, they gave him a lot more levity, and they made him to a like they elevated him to a place where he is now and he has tons and tons of fans for that character Mm -hmm. and in even has gone on to be like kind of a role model for people with autism Mm -hmm. on the spectrum people on the spectrum look at drax and say like oh cool especially kids are like oh cool like look at him being a hero and he also like exhibits some of the same things that i do and some of the same mannerisms that i do and that's that's exceptional the Drax we get in this is one of the most interestingly multi-leveled and subtly emotional characters I've seen in a video game. I agree. Easily one of my favorite characters written and acted into a video game. And at first I didn't like him because I went in wanting the Bautista kind of like aggressively like how can I position myself in ways where I misunderstand what you're saying kind of thing. Yeah. And they do play on that joke. Uh, it's not as much to like a personality quirk of his as it is like a cultural thing in this. Yeah. Like, it feels like he's just from a different culture and he talks a lot about his culture and his history. Um, but the, the performance of Drax is astounding. It's like, incredibly good. Drax's arc throughout this, who he is as a character, and he's never been a character I'm that into. Yeah. Uh, but his, his, perf- the, performance of this one and the writing of this one and how they built this character is amazing and star lord really really good honestly gamora is just a little she's she has some very emotional moments but i don't know if the character was really as like fleshed out as it could have been um rocket is the only one that i'm kind of like uh, they use him too hard as just a foil for Peter Quill in this. 
Yeah, um, I could see so that. So he's a little... I'm conflicted on that character because I really like the performance of it. I think they did a good job, like, giving Rocket some depth that you don't really see in the movies. Like, giving him... Talking about his history and where he came from and stuff like that and making that a big part of his character and who he is. But they also just spend a ton of time just making him disagree with Peter Quill. Yeah, he's very antagonistic he's, in he, this. He's a hard character to deal with. It's like Jane from Firefly, but like amped up to a million. Yeah, and, to make Jane a rodent. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, wow, this is a lot. And then Groot is Groot. You know, it's hard to really mess up Groot. Yeah, Groot's to great. Be honest. And, you know, Mantis was amazing. The other characters that had made appearances were very good interpretations of those specific characters. We got some new characters, Corel and her daughter, Nikki, on the Nova side of things. They're wonderful characters, yeah. and they play a big part to the overall story. Uh, and you, you know, the second Nikki walks onto camera, like walks into the scene, you're like, I love this kid. <laughs> She's so cute. I'm, I'm here <laughs> for this kid. And she becomes a big part of the story. And that's nice. Like, it's nice to have... A game like this that's based around something that so many people know, like an IP that people are just familiar with, and to introduce new characters but make them fit and make the person playing care about them yeah, is not easy to do. No, it's, it's not. It's a hard thing to do. It's like when, you know, it would like be, be like doing an X-Men game but having it from the perspective of someone who's an original character. Yeah. It's like it's hard. You're hard pressed to get that same sort of emotion around all these characters that people know. Um, but I think that's the shining moment of this. Uh, like I said, pigeoning off of what T said, um, <laughs> is, uh, I guess my brain was like, you know, when you scare up pigeons and they, f but why does that matter? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, you know, the characters and the characters that they developed and how they did their own sort of thing with this is the shining star of this game is how they built this universe that feels so familiar to what we expect from guardian stuff or cosmic Marvel stuff or Marvel stuff in general. Uh, and so there's enough of that formula there that we get it, but it's still its own fresh thing. You know, like if you erased all moments where they said the names of the characters and erased the big gaudy star Lord patch off the back of his jacket and didn't tell somebody what the game was. It would just be a fun sci-fi game, like yeah. a fun sci-fi romp. That's you know what true. I mean? Like if you just changed up all the names of the characters and, you know, changed the name of the game itself, you still have a fun sci-fi game. It doesn't rely on being a part of the Marvel Universe. And I think that's a big, big thing. That's true. When you look at these like Marvel video games is like how much of it <laughs> is super fun or super like I loved the Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man, but part of that love was I grew up playing Spider-Man games. So a right. big part of that, like a big part of my entrance into that was just the nostalgia thwipping my way through New York. Right. It's still a great game. And I argue that the mechanics are still really good and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, a lot of that initial first impression was off of that. Right. Know? It was colored. Yeah. No, I understand that. Um, to pivot to a different pivot. <laughs> Pivot! I knew from the moment you said it what you were trying to say, and I just let you pigeon on. Cuckoo, baby. <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Uh, 
my last episode of Cover Me. Oh my god. I'm fired. <laughs> we don't even have a producer. T's going to fire me. You're done. Uh, <laughs> so to pivot to a little bit of a different direction, uh, gameplay-wise, I will I will admit I watched. I did not actively play. Um, I am a voyeur. I am what I am. It's fine. Um, but one thing that I wanted to say about this that I thought really stood out to me, and I think Chris can kind of articulate it a little bit differently, um, because he actually played the game, is that something that immediately stood out to me was, I, I don't know if you guys got this feeling when you heard about the announcement, but when they initially said, oh, you don't get to play any of the characters mm-hmm. aside from Peter, I was devastated because mm-hmm. what a, what a loss. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Of course, I want to play as Gamora or I want to play as Rocket. Like, come on, that's awesome. But no, we don't get to do that. Instead, we just could play as Peter. And going into it, that had like colored my opinion and made me concerned that I wasn't going to enjoy watching it because I was going to be bitter about that. But what I thought was really interesting is that what it turns out is that the gameplay style strongly resembles that of Mass Effect Mm -hmm. in that you get to manipulate and command the rest of the team and instruct them. So you're not, you are just Peter, but you're also sort of everyone. It's very much the same stylized the way when you're playing Mass Effect, you say, okay, Garrus, I want you to, you know, use this power and Tali, I want to use this power and then I'm going to do this. And you kind of control it almost in like this pseudo turn-based RPG-esque thing. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And something that I had actually recently said, man, it's weird that the Mass Effect style of gameplay isn't used more often. I feel like that's something people loved and made the game popular. I'm surprised that it's not, you know, I feel like it's very underutilized. And then within like two weeks of me saying that, I feel like this game, we played this game and I thought, this is exactly what I was talking about. And I feel like it helped justify the single playerness of the game by and the ability to only be Peter because you are everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the gameplay, so the gameplay style of this game is somewhere between a like a Dark Souls and a Doom. It's a you know, on the surface, it's a third person shooter. You're playing as Star-Lord, so you're using his element guns. Uh, But the combat's very fast-paced and very reliant on you dodging a bunch and hitting certain key commands at a certain time. Uh, I played on a controller, but it can be played on keyboard and mouse if you want. I don't... Typically, these sorts of, like, adventure games with a lot of jumping and a lot of moving, I don't tend to play on keyboard and mouse. First-person games are pretty much what I do uh, on that. But So I did use a controller... But it's based around a lot of dodging key commands. And then, yes, there's your team is controlled by activating a squad button and then hitting certain sequence of buttons in order to activate the different powers. They each eventually get four powers, one being their like ultimate power, which is unlocked with story progression. Uh, And then the others are unlocked with skill points. So there are like RPG mechanics. Uh, Their powers trigger different sorts of effects, which means you can use the powers in like combination and that was one of the things that i found the most fun overall i too was really bummed when when they announced the guardians of the galaxy game i was super stoked when they announced that it was single player only and that you would only play as peter quill i personally thought it was kind of a waste 
Yeah. You know, here we have the potential of having like a cool co-op multiplayer game where people can play very different classes. Right. Uh, and you're limiting everybody to just playing this one character. But that said, the gameplay really takes a backseat to the social and story driven part of this game. This game is really more of a visual novel or a visual comic book, I guess, in this sort of instance than it is anything else. The game is about as much about shooting bad guys and fighting, you know, in various different space locations and traveling to different planets and exploring and finding collectibles as it is about building relationships with your teammates and making different decisions that shape the different paths that you go and interacting with the story and living the story. Uh, and the gameplay really reflects that because you're not technically playing just as Peter. You are playing as all the guardians, but not individually all at once. Yeah. And, you know, it's not so it's not good enough. And the game makes it very clear early on that it's not good enough to just say, OK, Gomorrah, go do your thing over there. Drax, go do your thing over there. Groot, go do your thing over there. But instead to be like, okay, if I do Rocket's thing right here, that'll put those guys here. And then I'm going to have Drax do this thing and come in. And then I'm going to have Dror Kimura come in and wipe it up. You know? Right. It's about balancing. So your and the team, the, the team element is a huge part of the story. And you'll get annoyed with hearing Star-Lord say we're a team because he says <laughs> it all the time. Um, but that's a big part of it is you're not playing as Star-Lord. You're playing as the Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. Yeah, you're the team. And it's it's a very interesting... It's one of the better squad mechanics type things that I've seen. The combat does get a little repetitive. Um, but like I said, it's kind of just there to punctuate these story elements and these cutscenes and, you know, the social elements of it. Going through, walking through and exploring planets and stuff is... They've made the team very alive. They gave them tons of dialogue. Yeah. You know, if you go off the main path to go explore, like, a little secret path that you found, they judge you for it. And, <laughs> and they for talk it. smack, and it's hilarious. And this, you know, this in and of itself could be a con to some people. For me, it's a pro. I really liked that this game was more... Was as much a social game as it was like an action adventure shooter. Right. Um, for some people that might bother them. You know, some people might be bothered by the amount of like, I've got to go talk to the crew and like, oh, I've got to, you know, find this thing and oh, I've got to, here's another cutscene and stuff like that. It is very heavy on that, but the story is compelling enough that it draws you forward. But if you're not really, if you're looking more for just like a super gameplay type of game, you know, it might not appeal to you overall. I can see so. that. Yeah. Um, so probably a con. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we got this game right when it came out. We're doing the episode a little bit later. We've already beaten it. We've beaten it a long time ago. But So I don't know what sort of updates have come out yet. I played this on PC. Uh, I played it off of Steam. Uh, and it was riddled with bugs. Now, I say that. And it didn't really, there's 16 chapters in this game. Yes. And I didn't really start experiencing bugs until chapter until 10. Until chapter 10. And, but they are very severe and very game breaking. These are, these are devastating glitches. So, you know, you need to be aware of that going in that you might run into some bugs. I hope that they patch them out pretty quick because it's, they're fairly well known on the internet. Uh, 
I experienced at least two major bugs that made me have to like completely delete progress. One of them made me have to miss a secret, like a costume that I knew where it was. And that just destroyed me emotionally. I still haven't recovered. I've it's got true. two separate therapists talking to me about this <laughs> freaking costume. Uh, that's probably the biggest upfront bug. I think if I could say, or upfront con, uh, but that's easy to kind of get around. I think the only other con I would say is that there's not a lot of replayability. I, again, I was playing on PC, playing on Steam. I 100%ed the game basically same day that I finished it. I went back and did some things that I had to do in chapter select and then 100%ed it. Um, meaning I got all the achievements. So I did everything that's right. pr present in the game. There's not like a challenge mode. There is a new game plus, but for the most part, once you've gone through it, big problem with playing through it again to get achievements and stuff is that there's a lot of unskippable moments. Right. So a lot of unskippable cutscenes. The chapter select doesn't have like a section of the chapter select. Yeah. So it's there's just, not like a scene select. You know, if something you need to collect, like you're missing one costume is in the third act of chapter five or something. You have to go through the entire thing to get there. Uh, so it's not very friendly to people who want to do completion stuff or replay. There's not a challenge mode. Like I said, there's not multiplayer. I'm hoping these are things that they might be able to work into the game. Uh, I feel like because of the debacle that was Avengers, they kind of like hydroplaned into the opposite side where they don't really because Avengers overcorrected like, a little we're bit. We're basically making this game for the end game content. I hope you like grinding mindlessly in like the same four levels over and over again. <laughs> and that did bad. So they were like, no end game content. And it's like, well, now I've beaten it. What now what? I, where do I go from here? So it's, you know, be willing to pay the amount of money. It's a very long story. It's a, it wasn't a quick game at all. Um, but be ready to pay money for a game that basically once you beat it, there's not really much of a motivation to go back. From a viewer perspective, and Chris may or may not agree with me on this, um, but from a viewer's perspective, I think the only other con I would mention and it's not severe, and I don't think it necessarily takes a ton away from the game. But the pacing gets a little wonky mm -hmm. at a certain point. You get to chapter 12, and it feels like the game's basically done. Yeah. You think you're almost done. And then there's four additional chapters, and chapters are not short. I mean, there that's an, several hours of content left. And by the time you get to chapter 12, you're like, okay, I'm almost done. I'm wrapping this up. And then it just keeps going. And then it's going. And mm -hmm. it's not negative it's not bad it's exciting to have more content but there's something to be said about having the mentality of oh i'm about to be done with this cool i'm gonna be able to get through it and then you're not yeah. and then you start to begrudge the content that's left mm -hmm. because you weren't expecting it I think something could have been done in chapter 12 in that area or between like the at you know 10 on to make it feel like it was continuing to progress rather than end and then add more and then add more and then add more. And then, okay, now we're done. <laughs> you kind of yeah. crawl to the end there. I, I agree. I really liked the story. I really 
liked the progression that the characters were making and their connections and how that drove the story. Um, but I do agree that there are sections of the story that feel very segmented. And if you look at them as individual segments, as like, okay, you know, read it like a comic book and right. say like, okay, we've done this, that's that story arc, and now we need to do this in order to get to the next part. They're fine in their little bits, but if you look at it as a whole, there is around chapter 12 just a big like woo and, and now we're back to square one and, and stuff. maybe and it's, it's my comic reading brain is to the point where okay we're chapter 12 we're done now 12 issue mini let's go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what just, a good max yeah series. exactly yeah. i'm i'm totally done i'm jaded let's move on yeah, yeah but uh it i don't know i think there was a point where chapter 12 you just sort of get to a yeah uh, come I, on let's come on let's yeah. go but i agree i mean so overall i really really enjoyed the game i easily give it like a four out of five like 7.5 to 8 out of 10 if we were going up to a 10 scale uh it's fun i highly Agreed. recommend it i don't know really with the lack of i think if you're if you're really into guardians or just really itching for a not open world single player story driven experience which unfortunately is becoming a hard thing to find these days uh definitely check it out as soon as possible if you're not as into those things maybe wait for it to go on sale maybe mm -hmm. wait you know spend some holiday money mm -hmm. on it uh i wouldn't break the bank on it because it is once it's over it's pretty much over it's done you know i at the time of beating it i had maybe like four achievements i had to get and then i got them all in like one extra sit down with it for like a couple hours yeah and then it was done um very fun game love the characters i love the universe and the changes that they've made i love that they eliminated a lot of the like usual suspects and gave us kind of a new fresh sort of villain that we haven't really seen much of yeah exists in the comics hasn't really existed in the mcu so that's really nice but it is, you know, at least right now, kind of laden with bugs, doesn't have a lot of replayability. And there is a kind of a point where you'll probably be like, I need to take a break and come back to this because of how the story is paced. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it's definitely worth buying. It's definitely worth gifting to somebody this holiday season if you truly have somebody that might want it. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Powered Gaming. If you want more gaming episodes that we've done uh, or regular episodes that we've done, you can find them on our website at coverbepodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at coverbepodcast. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to Cover B Powered Gaming. I have been Chris. This has been T. Bye. And until the next time, we'll catch you right back here for more Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. <laughs>